Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Good morning. Are we all well this morning? Good. Excellent. Okay, so this morning, week four of our Simple Church series. Simple Church being about how we uh, establish our church culture. Who are we as Freedom Church? And so we've been looking at various aspects of church life and of of our lives and thinking, how does that create a culture, a a healthy culture for us to grow and uh, to, to serve our community and to get out there and to make a difference and, and just to be uh, the, the best that we can be, I guess, as, uh, as a community together. I'm excited because this morning uh, the theme is uh, growing stronger. If we can have the next... Oh, there we are, growing stronger. So we're, talking, we're looking this morning at growing stronger and, um, and how, how we do that as, as individuals, but not just on our own, as a group of people that gather here on a Sunday morning, that gather during the week together, and that are generally getting connected and, um, and to know one another, and to support one another. This year has been quite a challenging year for me, as many of you know, um, but not just because um, a year ago my mum died, um, also because I've been made redundant this year. Now, the redundancy thing has been a a good thing for me, actually, as it turns out, but um, my mum dying obviously has been uh, a challenge. And I had a moment where I realised a few months ago that actually those things that I kind of that were just there, that were just sort of foundational, really, that just kind of happened. My job, you know, my, I was a chaplain in a school. That's what I did. That was who I was when I went to school each day. Um, and I was very proud to do that. Um, that was sort of like whipped from under me, if you like. And then not having my mum around is really weird because all of a sudden you think, wow, you know, she's not there anymore. I can't talk to her anymore. I can't tell her stuff about the kids. And so the sort of frame, the reference points that I had in my life, life um, have been kind of stripped away a little bit actually and um, and I was kind of like challenged by that really positively challenged by that but also realizing that therefore these things that I knew to be true that I knew to be there the things that I'd relied on the things that I had um, understood uh, to sort of be what my life was about um, were gone And actually, there was a moment a few months ago where I thought, wow, okay, (laughs) this is interesting. Actually, it's down to me now. It's down to me to start making some choices in this situation, in these situations. I can either let these two quite difficult situations crush me and and depress me and um, not function, you know, and, and not be able to function... Or I can kind of like make a different choice in that situation. So I'm quite excited to be able to talk about this theme of growing stronger because I feel that for me, over this last year, I've, God's taken me on, uh, you know, quite a, I'm not going to say the word journey because I know there's certainly one man in this room that hates it when we talk about journeys. But I, God's taken me through a process, let's say. And, um, and I do feel that I'm in a very different place as I stand here this morning, than I was a year ago. Well, a year ago, it was just devastating and awful anyway, but a year ago. So I want to, as we start, just ask a couple of questions. 
Or have we got the rocket slide first? So let's just look at the rocket slide. We've all seen this rocket slide each week, okay, yeah? So that's just to remind you. So we've got our four sort of key areas of church life, and our, um, our goal is to help people find and follow Jesus. So these are the things we're looking at. Okay, if we move on, then I, I just want to sort of start off by asking two questions. Is there one before that? No? Okay. Okay, what kind of community do we want to be, and what kind of community here do you want to be part of? I ask that because as we are going to grow stronger, if we are going to grow stronger, we're going to need others to do that. We're going to need one another. So what do we need to grow? We need, uh, physically, we need food, we need water, we need rest, we need exercise, we need health care. Intellectually, we need education, education, a bit more education, um, and we need to fail and not do well at things so that we learn Socially, we need love, we need social connections, we need exposure to challenging people, and we need exposure to challenging situations, and we need failure. Emotionally, we need love, we need touch, we need acceptance, we need nurture, we need boundaries, we need discipline, and we probably need a bit of failure in there as well. But what about spiritually? How many of us think about what we need to grow, to actually grow, not just feed on spiritually? Because we can feed and not be nourished. We can feed and not grow in the right way, which is why I've started running. Because I can feed and find myself not growing in the right way. The running helps with that. We can make the wrong choices about what we consume and why we're consuming. And I firmly believe that as adults and young adults in the room here, it's our responsibility to take charge of our personal growth and our spiritual growth. And it doesn't matter what aspect of life, our lives, that that relates to. Every aspect of our life, we have a responsibility to take charge of our growth in that. In order to grow... Next slide, thanks, George. In order to grow, we need to become vulnerable. I don't know if any of you have heard of an author and social researcher called Brené Brown, or if any of you have read her book, Daring Greatly. Um, It's an absolutely mind-blowingly brilliant book. Uh, Brené Brown is an American researcher into social sort of sciences, and she's done a 12-year study into vulnerability and shame and guilt and the impact um, of those things on our lives. She does a lot of TED Talks, um, and on one of her TED Talks, she asked um, the following question. She said, during my talk... And I'm going to ask you guys the same question, actually. During my talk, I asked the audience two questions that reveal so much about the many paradoxes that define vulnerability. First, I asked, how many of you struggle to be vulnerable because you think of vulnerability as weakness? And she says, hands shot up across the room. Then I asked, when you watch people on this stage becoming vulnerable... How many of you thought it was courageous? So when you see people up here, because when people are standing here, we're vulnerable. How many of you think that is actually courageous? Because we love seeing the raw truth and openness in other people, but we're very often afraid to let them see it in us. 
So vulnerability is really important if we're going to grow. Really important if we're going to grow. And the book goes on to talk about, um, in in far greater depth, about this idea um, that actually vulnerability is courageous. So taking that risk, putting yourself out there, doing things that that cause you to be vulnerable is actually courageous. Um, And she talks a lot more about how we can help ourselves have the courage to be vulnerable. So growing stronger is a process that inevitably and unavoidably necessitates us becoming vulnerable. I'm sorry, (laughs) but we are going to have to become vulnerable. Vulnerable to one another, vulnerable to God, vulnerable to ourselves in that process. I started running in the summer. I started running on the um, sort of middle of July. I'd been thinking about running for quite a long time. Any of you thinking about running? <laughs> yeah, I'd been thinking about it for quite a long time. Uh, last year, we, uh, my mum was in a hospice for the last two months of her life, and that hospice was phenomenal. It was a beautiful, beautiful place. And they have these various fundraising things going on. One of them was a 10K run. Well, in April, I said to my sister-in-law, come on, let's do this. Well, we didn't do anything about it. We just kept talking about doing it but not doing it and then in July we finally actually decided that we were going to do it so that's where I was last Sunday doing this 10k run for the hospice in um, in Kent um, now I started running in um, in 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 July, and I never believed when I started running, because I had not been a runner, I'm not athletic, I'm not sporty, I I hate running, I never thought I would get to 10k. Um, And so I downloaded a 10k app, and I saw my progress gradually, you know, I saw myself improving. And that was a real buzz for me, because actually I thought, oh, okay, I'm hating this, it's really not that enjoyable, but I am getting better at it. And I could feel the benefits, and the benefits go far beyond just feeling physically fitter and, and healthier, don't they? All of you that are runners know that. It's, it's a mental well-being thing as well. And, and actually, you know, I've got kind of like muscles in my legs now, things like that, which is quite exciting. Um, so I just feel generally better. When I started running, I had to start from a point of not being any good at it, um, not being fit, not really enjoying it, and feeling a bit embarrassed when passing Trevor and Elaine, who were running like gazelles through the woods, having run 12 miles. They were so fresh-faced. And I was so glad that as I passed them, it was at that point that my app said, and now walk for a minute, because I'd actually run past them, and then my app told me I could walk, and they didn't see me do the walk bit, they just saw me do the running bit. But I had to um, start from a point of inadequacy and, um, and focus on my end goal in order to get there. I got very frustrated at times because I'd be thinking, my legs just don't feel like they're getting any, you know, it's not, it's not getting any easier, this running thing. But I have to say, last Sunday, I ran 10k in just over an hour. And I didn't really stop that much. And there were lots of hills. So I am really pleased with that because that's proved to me that if I am disciplined and if I am vulnerable and if I am um, focused on a goal, that actually I can achieve something and I will feel better for it. It doesn't happen straight away, but we, we have to work with our inadequacy and focusing on our end goal. When I became a parent to my eldest daughter, some of you will know her, um, when she hit three, four, five, she would regularly reduce me to tears. Um, because, and she caused me to feel anger like I had never felt anger before. It was unbelievable. She led me to nearly, very nearly losing control of my temper and lashing out at her. And um, she was just utterly embarrassing 
utterly embarrassing as a toddler. We couldn't leave anywhere without her freaking out completely. And everyone else would have gone, and I'd still be there with her climbing a wall or bashing on a door going, no, I'm not going. And I just felt totally humiliated and totally useless as a parent and totally and utterly um, exhausted by her. Um, she's a dream now, so I think that, you know, that, that's great. But I had to find a way to positively grow in my parenting. I wasn't handling it well. I know I wasn't handling it well. And the fact that I allowed myself to get that angry, um, which you don't have a lot of control over, but then lash out or, you know, sort of shout at her or get cross, I realised I wasn't doing it right and I had to find a different way. Since losing mum last year, I found that I've had to make a conscious decisions that this sort of awful, unrelenting grief and sadness isn't going to be the thing that consumes and disables me. I've had to make choices and decisions to, yes, allow myself to grieve, but equally use that grief and sadness to grow a bit more. And I don't say that in any light way, and I'm not saying it because I think that's how everybody should do it. I'm telling you my story. Okay, so just hear me in this, because this is my, my story of, of this year, really. And I'm not saying that I've done this totally on my own, because I know God's with me, but I do believe it's been down to me. There have been significant points where it's been down to me to make that choice, which way I head, and God is with me in that. And he hasn't taken any of those feelings away, None of them. They're all still there. But he has helped me to live and breathe and grow in them. So in all aspects of my life, and in doubt, doubtless yours too, in order for me to grow well, I've had to allow myself to be vulnerable. I've had to allow myself to fail, which is my least favourite word in the world. And at times I've had to allow myself to get support and rely on other people and on my friends and on God as well. Next slide, Jordan. So why do we need to grow? The consequence of not growing is malnourishment, isn't it? For sure. And at worst, spiritual death. When we come to know Christ, we're entering a relationship, not a religion. And any relationship needs investment to develop, doesn't it? Any marriage, any parent-child relationship, any friendship, you need to invest time, you need to be forgiving of one another, and you need, to, you need to sort of invest in that in order to grow. As Christ followers, we've got such a high calling on our lives. Christ, by offering his love and acceptance to us, allowing us to be right with God, expects us to be sharing that with the world, expects us to have an outward focus in all of this. He expects us to be bringing justice, hope, and love, offering others the opportunity to be right with God too. The the moment we accept Christ into our lives, we become part of the most incredible adventure in partnership with him. We know we don't stand still in this thing, do we? If we stand still, we're not growing. And we have a relationship to build and a job to do. We're all about moving forward, seeking God's face and fulfilling his plan for our lives. Therefore, we need to invest in the time and learn what helps us to grow. So we will all be different. Different things are going to help us grow in different ways. And we're all unique, so we all need different things to grow. Jesus said this in John 10.10, I have come 
that they will have life, life in all its fullness. Paul said to me, that's kind of like your motif, isn't it? I always come back to this. I have come that they may have life and have life in all its fullness. In the message, it says, I came so that they have real and eternal life, more and better life. It's not very good English, I don't think that. But anyway, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. And that fullness won't last if we don't nourish ourselves, if we don't learn from God's word, if we don't allow God's spirit to grow and work in us, our tummies will very soon begin to rumble and feel empty. Equally, life in all its fullness doesn't mean that nothing bad or sad is going to happen to us, does it? What it means, though, is that there is hope, peace, strength, joy, and love, all of God on offer to help us through and help us to grow. I just want to read from um, John 14. We'll read, read through uh, this. It's, uh, Jesus is sort of preparing the disciples for leaving, really. And it says this, Believe me, I am in my Father, and my Father is in me. If you can't believe that, believe what you see, these works. The person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things, because I, on my way to the Father, am giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. You can count on it. From now on, whatever you request along the lines of who I am and what I'm doing, I'll do it. That's how the Father will be seen for who he is in the Son. I mean it. Whatever you request in this way, I'll do. If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. I will talk to the Father and he'll provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. This friend is the spirit of truth. The godless world can't take him in because it doesn't have eyes to see him, doesn't know what to look for. But you know him already because he's been staying with you and will even be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming back. In just a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you're going to see me because I am alive and you're about to come alive. At that moment, you will know absolutely that I'm in my Father and you're in me and I'm in you. How brilliant is that? The person who knows my commandments and keeps them, that's who loves me. And the person who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and make myself plain to him. Come in, Eve, have a seat next to Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Judas, not Iscariot, said, Master, why is it that you're about to make yourself plain to us but not to the world? Because a loveless world, said Jesus, is a sightless world. If anyone loves me, he will carefully keep my word and my father will love him. We'll move right into the neighborhood. I love that. (laughs) We'll move right into the neighborhood. Not loving me means not keeping my words. The message you're hearing isn't mine. It's the message of the father who sent me. I'm telling you these things while I'm still living with you. The friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things I've told you. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you. Peace. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned and bereft. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. You've heard me tell you I'm going away and I'm coming back. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm on my way to the Father because the Father is the goal and purpose of my life. I've told you this ahead of time before it happens so that when it does happen, the confirmation will deepen your belief in me. 
I'll be, <clears throat> I'll not be talking with you much more about this because the chief of this godless world is about to attack. But don't worry, he has nothing on me, no claim on me. But so the world might know how thoroughly I love the Father, I am carrying out my Father's instructions right down to the last detail. Get up, let's go, it's time to leave here. Jesus promises that we will be left with the gift of the Spirit and the gift of peace of mind and heart. Jesus also promises that the Holy Spirit will counsel us, will guide us, be our strength and our power. And he says we will do greater things. We will do greater things. He didn't leave the earth and leave us without the tools to grow and to do the job that he's called us to do. I will do what the Father requires of me, Jesus says, so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. Jesus is talking about the importance of actively showing the world the Father's love. He's challenging the disciples to go and to do. And I think if we're able, if we're going to be able to fulfill this great commission of loving God and loving our neighbour, if we're able to live life in all its fullness, then nurturing and nourishing every aspect of our personal and spiritual life is of real importance. So ask yourself these questions. How can I know that peace of mind and heart that Jesus promises in John 14? How much do I trust God? Do I really believe that with his spirit in me, I will do greater things? Do we really get that? Do we really believe that God will show up in those circumstances? How can I show the Father's love to the world? Without growth... We won't know these things. We have to be committed to grow. So why do we need to grow stronger? It's about getting to know God better, because this is, as we said earlier, a relationship. Understanding just how much he loves us, growing in love for him and thereby obeying his call. And I think if we don't, we're shortchanging ourselves, because we're promised life in all its fullness. And we're called to go. We can't go unless we've got God's spirit with us. It's going to be too difficult. We need his spirit with us, in us, working through us. We need to be in that dialogue with God each and every day. And I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to you guys. So how do we grow stronger? Okay, so there's um, there's a personal and a corporate strand to this. So as we're thinking about who we are as Freedom Church... Um, one of the things that we're going to do, it is down to us as individuals to take responsibility for our growth. However, we, don't, we do that within the context of community. This community here, or the community of another church, we, we're in community. So as a very practical step, one of the things that we're doing is um, developing a growth path uh, that you will begin to hear a little bit more about. And it will give everyone the opportunity to sort of be discipled right from the basics through to more deeper um, theological questions um, and, and issues in life. We'll be offering a range of opportunities for people to engage with um, and encouraging people to sort of, if you like, it's a step thing, a steps to growth. So encouraging people to just get on board and, and get, you know, get a deeper understanding and to grow. 
The Growing Stronger team, which is one of those bits of the puzzle, are putting together some resources that will be online so that you can do more personal growth. You can actually have a look and sort of have, you know, decide what you want to learn a bit more about. What do you want to ask God about? What, what do you want to know about from, from his word? Um, and there's going to be other things being developed as well. So this growth path is something that we're going to be encouraging everybody to, to sort of get on board with and, um, and to take responsibility for our own spiritual and personal growth. But underpinning our growth, we need discipline and vulnerability. When I decided to start running, I'd been talking about it for months, as I said, and not doing anything about it. And then I simply had a moment in the summer where I thought, well, and this isn't rocket science... I realised it was 100% down to me to actually get off my backside and get out there and actually start running. I'd had the app on my phone for months, so all I had to do was click it and put my headphones in and off I go. So it was that thing of actually, like, I've got to take responsibility for this and stop whinging about wanting to feel fitter and maybe losing a bit of weight and, um, and then doing this 10K run. And, and it was that, it's been great for me, actually sort of realising that I can be disciplined because I'm not always the most self-disciplined person in the world. Um, so I realised I either choose to be lazy and moany or I get up and do it, and, um, and that's what I did. And it has paid off, and, and I've enjoyed it. And I've grown stronger I've grown stronger, and, um, and that's, that's helped me. On Monday night at our leaders' meeting, we had a really interesting discussion about our own personal growth as well and our quiet times and things like that. And, and that really challenged me um, to, to sort of learn from my, my fellow leaders, if you like, about my own spiritual walk. So we're all in this together. None of us are perfect. No perfect people are out, allowed, right? Okay? No, that's not happening. We're all in this together. Let's just kind Kind of like admit our vulnerability and say, yeah, actually, I'm a bit rubbish at that, but you are quite good at it. Maybe you could just help me and, and move on and grow and, and, and get on with it because it was, really, um, it was really good. And that meeting, really, we were challenging one another and Sim was kind of like probing us to, to be um, not agreeing all the time, but actually healthy disagreement about things as well. That's good. Let's healthily disagree about things. That's okay. Um, and, um, and grow as we do that. But we also need this vulnerability, but we need to look out for one another in that, in that. So as we commit to growing stronger, we need to admit our vulnerability and switch our thinking to recognising how courageous it is to be vulnerable. How courageous it is to be vulnerable, to be willing to learn, to grow, and to move forward. There will be mistakes along the way, that's okay. It really is. But how do we look after one another and ensure that we're helping one another in our vulnerability to grow? And that is a corporate responsibility to provide pastoral care that maintains health, coaching one another to find solutions from within ourselves. That's okay too, because we're created in the image of God. He's given us so much. So look to within yourself to, to find solutions to some of these things, some of these issues. But look to the Bible as well. And let's build team and be proactive, not just reactive in pastoral, you know, pastorally with one another. So let's not just react when things are going wrong. Let's kind of be a little bit proactive and maybe kind of be looking out for one another and saying, are you okay with this? Let's have a chat about it. Let's see what the Bible's got to say about this. Picking people up before a crisis happens. 
Connect groups, and I know Sim spoke a little bit about connect groups last week, are really, really vital to this and a really important part of our church life. Um, and I think are going to prove even more as we th- really think about this vulnerability and growing stronger because they're a really safe place to be vulnerable. They're a really safe place to, um, you know, sort of question things and to um, be prayed for and to recognize one another's courage in being vulnerable. And in the, that, we will, we will find God in the midst and we will begin to move on and to grow. We won't be stuck in our circumstance on our own in self-doubt. Then I think in order to grow, we need to trust in God's promises. And that song that we sang earlier was spot on. Trusting in God's promises despite our circumstances. The promises of life in all its fullness, of a better life than we can imagine, of peace, of hope, of unconditional love, are there for the grabbing. They're there. So take God at his word and see what he does with it. See what he does with you in those situations. Allow God to speak to us from within your circumstance. Don't think, I have to be this in order to hear from God. Don't think I have to do it in this particular way in order to hear from God. Come to God in your vulnerability and, um, and be courageous in that and hear what he has to say to you. He will teach you stuff and we will grow in our faith and understanding of him. He wants to speak to us. And I would encourage you all this week, take some time just to sit, wait, and listen. And then lastly, taking the risk. We won't grow stronger if we don't use our muscles, will we? In John 14, Jesus is clear that he needs to be active in showing the Father's love, doing what the Father requires of him. And then he encourages his disciples to do the same, inviting them to come along. We need to go. Let's be going. Spiritual growth is important so that we can do what the Father requires of us and demonstrate his love to the world. If we're spiritually weak, we're going to struggle with that call. We are. We're going to struggle because we'll get blown and battered and it will be what's at our core will, will, will not necessarily be the thing that's holding us fast. Now, hear me right here. I'm not saying that I don't believe our circumstances are an indicator of whether or not we are spiritually weak or strong. What I mean is God works despite our circumstances to strengthen us if and when we call on him. You know, so many of you will be going through really difficult times, really difficult times right now. That doesn't mean you're spiritually 